Let us go to God in prayer. Gracious and loving God, we come before you this day. For this is your Sunday. This is always your Sunday. This is always your day. But Lord, we lift up this special day of Pentecost. Let us remember the promises that you have granted unto us. That the Holy Spirit would come. We have invited the Holy Spirit in. So we ask that this worship and this time of word be a celebration unto you. Lord, move me behind the cross and let the words of my mouth be a meditation unto your heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I shared with the young people that uh, Pentecost Sunday, I knew about it, but I didn't totally understand it. And I was in a very traditional church growing up, so if I could not remember it from Sunday school, and I dared to ask my Sunday school superintendent, I know if I asked the question, she would say, find it out for yourself and write me an essay. Find it out for yourself and write me an essay. So for me, if I wasn't ready to write, I didn't ask any questions. And if she said, Jackie, do you know, I would kind of look around and hope that she was talking to the other Jackie in the class. It was one of those kinds of times and spaces where I just didn't get it. I could not put it together that all of these people were speaking all these different languages, coming together in one space, worshiping one God, and yet understanding everything that was going on. But you see, I grew up in a multicultural community, predominantly African-American, but my grandmother's block, the block where I spent yet my summers, had someone from everywhere. One corner spoke Spanish, another corner spoke Vietnamese or an Asian language, another part of the block someone was speaking Italian, and I felt as though we were always doing a scene out of Rocky. You know where Rocky is in South Philly and everybody from everywhere is talking all these languages? That was the block that my grandmother's house was. And they didn't seem to understand anything each other were talking about. But they go back and forth and all of a sudden you see people raising their hands and shaking things and you say, are they angry or are they upset or they're trying to tell you, come over to my house because I've got something there. My love for eating was developed in the summers at grandmother's house. She cooked some of the best foods, and our language was kind of like Pentecost Sunday. If they brought it to the table, no matter who cooked it, what land it came from, you said, gracias, hallelujah, thank you. Whatever you thought you could get out that they would understand. For I did not realize that escargot and some of the other foods was really collard greens in disguise. I just didn't know. But they made it a different way, did some other things. So I say to you, what does that have to do with speaking different languages? For a lot of times in our community, the few languages that we're able to speak collectively is the language of food, the language of a smile, the language of a hug, and the language of music. 
gospel. You see, a lot of times, those are what are continuous, considered international languages. Everybody hears the beat. When our students praise danced at annual conference, there were children from all over. But our group just praised was the only group of mixed nationalities. And I could hear people saying, do they all go to the same church? Where did they say they were from? Did you see? Those other little kids are hip-hop praise dancing. Because you see, the dance that our students did lovingly and caringly was a melody of both slow praise, hip-hop praise, and high praise with a great speed that every contemporary church sings that song. So as they finished their worship, people were in awe, not because they were mixed, but because the Holy Spirit had moved. For you see, it had given them a new vision, a new moment, a new experience to see children coming together and saying, I love the Lord. He heard my cry. That's what Pentecost had to be like. Pentecost had to be one of those highest moments where everyone spoke different, but God yet the same. I share with you this day that after not knowing what Pentecost was, I grew up seeking to find out. For you see, after I left the home church and I transitioned from being a child and a small child and a child that was afraid to ask questions, I went on to become the child that asked all the questions. The one that was challenged to dig deeper and deeper. For you realize that sometimes people think that if you don't ask any questions, you're either very, very smart or you're just not interested. And so I began to realize that I didn't want anybody to perceive that I was not very, very smart. I was pretty good, but I didn't want to be looked at as just not being smart. So I became the one that would ask all the questions. I even became the one that somebody would punch in the side in Sunday school class and say, she's not giving you any more papers to write. You go ahead and ask the question. So I got close to ask the question, so I became the person who would read and search out different answers. But you see, if there was a quick definition of what Pentecost is, Pentecost is a holy holiday. It stands for the 50 days following the Passover season. Well, you see, our heritage is directly connected to the Jewish nature of the birth of Jesus Christ. And some of our holidays blend and our holy days cross each other. If you have a friend that may be Jewish, you wonder, why is Easter and Passover right next to each other? Because their holidays intertwine. Pentecost means 50. And if you count, Pentecost is 50 days following Easter Sunday. Ascension is 40 days following Easter Sunday. Whether Easter comes in March or whether Easter comes in April or whenever it is praised and lifted up that that is the day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 
50 days from that point is Pentecost Sunday. I was really, really excited because when I looked and I dug a little deeper, each time I researched, each time I read, each time I looked, I was able to get a little more insight. Historically in England, Pentecost Sunday is the day that all of their confirmants or their new members who have studied about Jesus all year long come together in white robes as though they are angelic and they become presented to their body of Christ. Pentecost is a Sunday that a lot of Presbyterians, Baptists, Methodists, all different denominational churches will come together to present their new members to the body of Christ. Because it's such a holy day, it's such a representation day, but it's a day where the Spirit is moving. I ask everyone, to let, if you're able, to lift your right hand. Wave it from side to side. That is the wind and the wave of what the Holy Spirit brings into our lives. It's not just merely a little wave. It's that constant spirit. So if you can imagine 400, 500,000 people all around, the disciples in a row, and the Spirit comes in. It just moves upon them. It's like having something blow upon you and literally take you off your feet. Maybe it's not Pentecost Sunday. Maybe it's not that move that really gets you. Maybe it's that moment when you realize that God saved your life. Maybe it didn't happen. Maybe it didn't happen exactly on Pentecost Sunday. But maybe it was the day that God whispered in your ear, I love you. I saved you. I promise you that the Holy Spirit will come to comfort your heart because you're grieving the sadness and death of a loved one. I promise that I will always be with you and I would never forsake you. I promise that I will remember and be with you. But you see, if this sermon had to have another title, it would simply be that God's gift and Jesus' promise is the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift that we can receive because it is then that we begin to understand just how great salvation is. It's one thing for you to know that He saved you. It's another thing to hear it from somebody else. But it's another thing for it to be grounded and come up in your spirit. And the Holy Spirit says, no matter what you're going through, no matter how many days you haven't done, no matter how many situations you've been, I got you. When we had annual conference, the word came out. Bishop Huey mentioned that out of your feel when God grabs you. Have you ever been snatched by God? Have you ever been breathed on by God? Has the Holy Spirit ever come down and just let you know, don't worry about nothing. I got this. But when we look at the book of Acts, Acts 2, 1 through 21 is a traditional sermon and a place where the worship and teaching of the Pentecost is. Why is it important? Why does it even matter? What does it mean to me? That's what the 21st century Christian is saying each and every day. I have on WIFM. What's in it for me? 
And I want to understand what is all these terms and what does this mean? Why is it important to me? Well, I just stopped by here to tell you. I may not have known what the Holy Spirit was about when I was 12. It may not have hit me directly in between my head when I was 18. But by the time I hit 25, and I know something that held me together and not let me fall to the bottom of the earth, I knew something had got a hold of me. Just saying Jesus' name reminded me that I was saved. Just saying his name reminded me that I was made being made whole. Just saying his name made me remember that he is awesome. Yes. He's a counselor. He's a counselor. He's there when I need him, even if I haven't asked for him just yet. Yes. But you see, the book of Acts tells the beginning story of how we became the Christian or the first century Christians thought by faith to hold on to the steadfast promises of God. But you see, when Jesus talked to the disciples, he said, I'm going to be going some other place. He was letting them know he would ascend into heaven and sit upon the right hand of Father and he would come to judge and bring living in the day. But he let them know, I'm going to go on to heaven. But I promise you when I get there, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I'll send you my spirit. That's good news. Because if he hadn't fulfilled the promise, some of us would have quit in the midnight hour. Some of us wouldn't still know Jesus. Some of us would have lost our situation and said, that's it. But because of the Holy Spirit, who held your hand at the hospital room, who rubbed your feet when they were tired, after you don't wash somebody else's house, can't wash your own. After you gave your last dollar for all your children. And the man at the plant said, your job is now over. Holy Spirit said, I got you. I got this. The passages today all link together and teach us the lesson of being saved. Teach us the lesson how important it is for God to know that we are with Him and He is with us and that He sent us the Holy Spirit to remind us. For in Psalms 104, read verses 24 through 35, but it helps us to remember that we are to rejoice in season and out of season. We are to rejoice whenever the Lord says, I breathe life into you. Life that you would be able to live and live abundantly. Don't look at what it looks like on paper. Don't always add it up for what it looks like because I've given you more than you can say. I send my company to keep you when you miss your wife because she has passed. You miss your brother and sister. You miss your child because you never thought you'd have to bear your children before they could bear you. But God is a good God. And even in the midst of all the struggle, he said, I sent a comforter to handle up to bless your soul. So please, rejoice. 
For I am God and God all by myself. Sometimes rejoicing is hard. It gets challenging when things don't seem to move the way they want to move. Or the doctor gives a bad report and we say, now look, I believe in Jesus Christ, but I didn't expect that report. And he convicts our heart out of obedience and says, go to the doctor, implement what he said to do. I am God and I got that. And then look at Romans 8, 22 to 27. It talks about the fact that the Spirit intercedes on our behalf. I don't know about you, but look at verse 26 and 27 of that Romans passage, and it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we are, but that the very Spirit intercedes with pride, too deep for our words, and God who searches our heart knows what's in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The will of God is that we would love one another. The will of God is that we would receive His forgiveness. The will of God is that we would walk by faith and not by sight. The will of God is that we would seek Him and be obedient to Him. The will of God is that we would embrace and hold on. For the true and living God knows all this happening in our lives. The tough part, the insurance agent, the stuff that we don't talk to nobody about, our kids, our cats, our dogs, the people on the job that we have prayed about, even our family members. Everybody has an Uncle Bob or Annie Sue or somebody that just Make them stay on their knees. All right. We love our people, but we got to be honest sometimes. I, we all have somebody. I have a special uncle in Philadelphia, and there are days when I take a trip to Philadelphia, I just do everything I can not to visit and call people. <laughs> I call ahead and say, what, what day is he off? I'm coming in the next day. And he does everything he can to see me. Oh, I just wanted to see you, niece. And one day he said to me, he said, I know you'd be avoiding me, but I'm going to track you down. He said, because you don't come to Philadelphia enough. So I just decided the last time I went to Philadelphia, because my mother was very sick, that I fell on my knees the Sunday before we had communion that Sunday. I just fell on my knees and said, Lord, forgive me for avoiding my uncle. Whatever that's about, help me, King Jesus. And by the time I got to Philadelphia, I realized he was the one picking me up from there for Oh! I said, thank you, Lord. Remove all blockage. Be good, Jesus. You know, I mean, it's just those kind of things that we have to understand that we're not in charge. But because we're not, and when we know that the Spirit in the sea, not only can we pray about it, but we can praise even when we don't know. I know that God is a healer. 
I know that he's an awesome one. I know that he's a counselor. And I know that he will speak through our prayers as we come to the point that we're going to lay hands and pray with Mr. Mitchell Sanders. And we're not praying out of sadness. We pray with expectation. He's going to be miraculously different than any other patient that ever been on the table. They say, he's already talking to us. He's already telling them what they need to do. And they ain't even finished with the surgery. Holler back, hey, God is good. And I say, I thought y'all gave me some kind of special anesthesia. But that's not going to stop him from praising God. And I look about all of our life. Each one of us has a praise report, has a testimony that you can actually say has been miraculously over and over and over and over again. The promises of God. The promises of God. The Spirit has interceded on your behalf. Step in in a place where you could have never seen them go. Touch the doctors in. Everybody when they say, your body won't be able to handle this and that, but God has allowed the spirit to intercede. Oh, yes, yes. And every day you wake up, it's a brand new day. Yes, yes. Mr. Mitchell, I look forward to speaking to you after them. And just tell us where you've been. And how the angels have talked to you through the surgery and talked about the miracles that will come down upon you. Amen. I look forward to the hour. God is not finished with any of us. Not finished with this community. Not finished with this church. Let's go on in the spirit. Speak to our hearts, Jesus. Call the Holy Spirit. Reign and rule and have your way. And then we get to the heart of the message. The book of John. And all it talks about is the advocate. That he promised us we would live. He promised us that he would send a great power. That all would be saved. Nobody is expected to be left on the curb. And you may say, Pastor, you don't know where my child is. Sometimes I don't know where my child is. You don't know where my people are. You don't know that they've been on the curb. You talk a good talk, but you ain't been where my people been. We might need to pour tea one day. Because y'all might be surprised you ain't been where some of my people been. But God has been with them every step of the way. And I truly believe with the breath of my life and death that I give it and I give it my all and all that God is an awesome God. I believe like a child like for me that he is coming to such a such for the Holy Spirit is coming right I don't know what you feel. I can't make you feel. I can't make you feel. I can't make you where you're But I told you what I was talking about. God is a good God. God is an awesome God. God is a wondrous God. Oh, hallelujah, King Jesus. He's a peacemaker out of nowhere. He's a lover of all people. He's an advocate for ourselves. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Hallelujah, King Jesus. 
look down. Yeah. Every corner. Sleeping like the street was their bedroom. If it's happening in the big cities, it's happening here. Time out for not going outside the door. Time out for acting like there wasn't a man sleeping on our back steps. Time out for acting like our children don't need our utmost help. I plead with you. Make time in your schedule. Somebody read to you. Make time for you to read to them. Our children need more than spending time with the TV. And TV ain't their mom and daddy. BET is not the programming of specialty. I'm not mad with BET. But we've got to get accountable to our soul when you look back over your life. Did the TV raise you? I don't know about anybody else. Even when we had TV, we only had so many TV albums. I think my parents thought the TV would blow up. If it stayed on too long, and we were only going to have one TV. And in my lifetime, growing up in my house, we had one TV. The same TV. Black and white. And then we put a color screen over there. Everybody know about the color screen? <laughs> And then when we got to high school, my mom and dad got a color TV in their room. And I was in there one day being disobedient, watching the color TV, and a storm came. Shut that color TV right on down. I spent the rest of my lifetime paying for a new color TV. Amen, life. So disobedience does get dealt with. May not be blacking out the TV, but something happens. So when you come and have communion, this is a good time to leave it at the altar. This is the altar of forgiveness, renewal, restoration, life fulfilling, life changing. Come here and give it to God and say, God, just take it on off of me. I know you're able. This is a place of new beginning. And lastly, I say to you, God's gift is a promise. He fulfills it. And if you don't know it, you want to get in relationship with Jesus. One that the Holy Spirit will come and move upon you. God's grace is with us always. But don't wait on the edge and think anything you've done, He cannot save you. Our testimonies aren't about how great we are but how awesome God is. Our testimonies of faith isn't about showing what we do and the humanity in our hearts. For sin is sin and God is in the forgiving business. So confess our sin because he's grateful and just to forgive us. The advocate is waiting for each of us. Don't just say yes 
on Pentecost Sunday. Say yes every day he wakes you. Say yes every hour he's walking with you. Say yes every time you get to the river. Say yes every time you yeah. Say yes every time you see. Say yes every time you say my love. Yeah. Just keep saying yes. Yeah. This is the gift that keeps giving. Yeah. Ain't God good? Oh, yeah. Will you stand and sing with me? The doors of the church are open. Oh.